people that will get to that level and get complacent, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and when they get complacent, their business will start slowly dying. I, I would guess that you know my biggest words of advice are keep your uh, keep the pulse going. Don't mm. don't let your position feel like you've won, uh, and and do it with a sense of humility. Welcome to the CEO Tip of the Day podcast. I'm Robert Hunt with Renaissance Executive Forums, and I lead groups of business owners and CEOs here in DFW. I get to meet with these amazing leaders each month and hear what they're doing to lead their teams with excellence. These podcasts share powerful insights like, like those we hear during our monthly CEO peer group meetings. Today, my guest is Mike Barnett. Mike is one of the partners of Oslin Nation. Oslin Nation is a manufacturer's rep sales agency that provides commercial and mechanical hydronic plumbing products across Texas. Mike leads an amazing team, and I've had the pleasure of working with them since 2016. He is passionate about building a team of leaders who serve their clients with excellence. Mike is one of the most caring and dedicated leaders I've ever met, and Mike is my friend. Welcome to the show, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Awesome. Yeah. Good, glad to Thanks have you Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's fine. Yeah. You've been in this office before. It's it's not as sexy as a recording studio. Oh, uh, well, it's pretty close. Yeah. It's pretty close. It's quiet. It works. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. I did. I got to spend uh I got to spend some time with my future in-laws. Ah. Um we we had uh lunch with them for the first part of the day and then I went and hung out with my folks and some some of the kids. Nice. And uh just got to enjoy a the good time, except for the cowboy game. That, oh, part, that part was I a little heard. rough. Yeah. We were in California, so we didn't watch it because uh, didn't think yeah. that'd be right. Probably not. How are the wedding plans coming along? Well, not bad. Um, we're, we're still geared up for February. Um, we are getting to the point of finalizing our catering. Ah. That's been a chore. Yeah? Yeah. We, All that stuff is. It's so much of a headache. If you're ever going to get married, don't try to do it in a hurry. <laughs> that's my best words of advice it's just you know you think oh we're going to do something small then all of a right. sudden before you know it, it becomes a monster all upon itself and right. it's just like okay yep yep we're going to make that happen yep we're going to make that happen mm. and then before you know it it becomes this huge huge thing yeah so, well kathy got kathy and i got married i asked her to marry me in july and we got married in october and it, it didn't feel like it was that fast you didn't have time to make it big we, we didn't we didn't there wasn't <laughs> and, and we invited you know mostly the kids from our youth group at our church that we were working with and the family and it was small and uh, people donated stuff and like we weren't going to have any food it was just going to be a, a cake to cut afterwards and then her dad says are you gonna have an open bar and i'm like no and he's like well i'll pay for that because i don't want my friends coming to your wedding if there's not an open bar so i'm like okay you can do that but we did it on the cheap and you know the cool part was at the end of the night i was married to kathy and that's yeah. what mattered yeah, absolutely. So you I just get gotta it. say everything else. Yep, Who cares, right? I get it. So I, I have a kind of a odd question for you. You kind of have this military vibe about you. When I go to your office, there's all these helicopters, and you know some of that I know is more like uh, virtual games that you dig playing. But you're very disciplined. You're very tactical in your mm -hmm. approach to things. You kind of have all these military stuff around you. Where did all that stuff come from? I got to give props to the folks. You know, Dad is a 27 year retired Marine. Mm. Mom okay. actually uh, grew up wanting to be a Marine. Really? Yes, sir. So it was uh, instilled in the family genes early on. Her, Several of her brothers, um, her dad, were all in the military. Wow. And so, yeah, I, I grew up with it. Okay. Did they do? Did they travel a lot and you were involved in military stuff or just your dad? You know, dad's? I was pretty blessed. I, I was born in California. Um, I was there for just a very short time. Uh, we transferred to... Um, 
we transferred to uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. then to Washington, I believe, Virginia, something like that, and then here in Texas. So I was in Texas for since I was three. Oh, okay. So, so most of your life here. I've been here ever since. Yeah. Okay. All twenty nine years. And your parents are still around. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They live nearby, don't they? They live. Uh, they live uh, just north of me. Yes, sir. Cool. Well, I first met you through uh, Manny, who was one of yeah. our CEO group members, still is one of our group members. And I started providing executive coaching, mostly because there wasn't a group available for you because we didn't want mm-hmm. you and Manny in the same group because that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember <laughs> we, when we talked about it. So he and I were going down to go uh, shark fishing. You were fishing, yeah. We went go down to shark fishing down in Galveston, if I remember right. And uh, he was talking to me about the idea of joining a group and, and that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds just like what I need. So, yeah, yeah it's been well, it was good. cool. To, even though we couldn't start you in a group, we started doing some executive coaching. Mm-hmm. And I got the opportunity to work with some of your employees to help them in a coaching way. We did lots of leadership development sessions mm-hmm. over that first year. Uh, Saturdays, bringing the team together for a day of understanding better communication with disc and yep. working on the business model canvas, things like that. Um, and then you've been a member of our group, our CEO groups. Um, I, I made a note here that, that you have locations in Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And Round Rock. And Round Rock. Well, it's, it's technically Round Rock. I guess Rock, that's yeah. outside of Austin? Yeah, it's yeah. Round Rock. Yeah. Actually, that's a hill country. Isn't that really pretty? I think I remember yeah, driving Yeah, if you go further that. west there, it's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. So I've watched you lead your team, and I'm very impressed with some of the principles you brought to them. I remember reading books that you were reading with them, uh, What a Great Culture, you know, some of these principled books that you wanted to bring. You really worked hard to build a team very intentionally, and I like that about you. How's your team survived the last 18 months? You worked hard to get them ready for the challenges of life. It's been good. I mean, the the cool thing, we created something called iCare. So you yeah. helped us a few years ago with our core values and, and going through our mission and uh, vision statements. And, and through that effort, we created uh, our core values, um, which stands for I care. Yeah, I love that. And so we've taken that one step further. And so what we do is about every uh, four people uh, or every you know several weeks, we get four people okay. that have either just started with the company or uh, have either been with the company. We're finally through everybody who's been with the company. Yeah. Now. But we go through an eight to nine week process where they actually spend uh, two to three hours uh, during that week with my leadership team mm. in the different departments that they lead. Right. Uh, and the, the idea behind that is to try to um, mitigate a lot of the inner office squabbling that happens sure. when other departments don't understand what one department might do. Uh, so I think you. it's been no, it's been awesome, and and the feedback that we've gotten from it, it actually got it was kind of funny. We got we got a lot of feedback from uh, people early on. Well, why don't I get to do that? You know, and why do I get to? Why do I not get to do why that? Why do I not? And, and so we're like, well, you know what? We kind of thought we'd start with the new people and try yeah. to build the culture that way, but then we started realizing that some of the legacies were upset that that. That's we kind cool. of took for granted that they might have already known how sure. the processes worked because they were there right. for so long. And uh, after talking to them more, we realized, no, they should go through it too. And That's so awesome. it's been really good. So we're we're almost completely done. We just hired two new people uh, in the last few weeks, and they started the new process. So I'll get them at the end. And my job in that process is to wrap up everybody's training uh, make sure that we as a leadership team have hit all the p- points that we've agreed to talk about. And, and you guys have it all written out. I mean, like we, we have each had to person their has their own set of responsibilities, yeah. right? So yeah. everything from HR to IT to training yeah. to sales yeah. to engineering, 
every facet of the company is covered in that eight, nine week period. Yeah. And, and the idea is we're trying to bridge that gap of understanding and so that everybody understands we are one team and we're one company. And too many companies end up with silos where the sales guys think the county department's a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. County departments think sales guys don't care. They don't fill out their paperwork right. And maybe they don't. But if I have a relationship with you, I can go to you and say, hey, can you fix this? But if I think like I'm above you or I can't talk to you, then we make workarounds mm-hmm. and it makes it so complicated. So I love that you're being intentional to break down those silos. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, the, the, we were quite dysfunctional for a while. We we had those challenges. And, and so mm-hmm. we had a we had a culture of negativity. We had a culture of gossiping. We had a culture of people that were very um, departmentalized, yeah. meaning they they only wanted to do what was inside their scope of work. And so, you know, we're a, we're a sales organization. And so our focus should be to our customer. And, and part of this journey is explaining to everybody that everybody is your customer, yeah. not just the individuals that call us on the phone. Tell me about your company. I mean, I know about it, but tell the, the listeners about it. All six hundred of them. Oh wow! I'm sorry, all six million of them. I thought tell, it was like six trillion. Because <laughs> okay. tell about your business. Do I, I need to do this in Chinese? Since no, I've do got it in so English. Because okay. we're just in, we're now only in America right now. Okay, all right, good deal. Uh, mechanical HVAC supplier. Uh, we're a manufacturer's representative. Our primary focus is heating and cooling buildings uh, by use of water. Most people take it for granted. They don't understand that in large facilities like a high-rise building or maybe a, a large college, college campus or maybe even the, the local sporting arena that's enclosed mm-hmm. uses water to heat and cool those facilities. Uh, another one that people take for granted is, you know, you might go up to the 15th floor in a high-rise building or at a ho- you know a hotel and you want to flush the toilet. And people don't understand that, you know what, you've got to have water increased water pressure. Yeah, sure. And so we sell uh, plumbing equipment that allows that to happen. Another local thing that happens here, we get those monsoon rains from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have these huge parking garages that all that water has to go somewhere. And so we'll put in uh, lift stations and sump and sewage kits, you know, okay. and, or different types of equipment Pump that will help out. move that water out so that we don't flood, flood basements or flood parking garages. It's wow. just little things that people take for granted that they don't understand, but that's what we cater to. So who's your customer? Is it the construction company? Uh, we actually have several customers. So we, the primary customers that we deal with um, are our engineering group. Uh, we use them to help design um, systems. So our, we use our experience to help them in applications that they need help with. So You're working with the guy who's designing the system that will go into a building. Into a building, Before yes, it's even so they're working. The yeah, so the, the mechanical engineer is working with the design architect okay. who's working with the building owner. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then our job is to help put the best application in place that would help them get what they need. So you don't have to understand their application of what they're doing, but you have to know what manufacturer product is best suited for that particular well, of course, situation. Everything we sell is the best product. <laughs> I know that, <laughs> but it, you have like Lock and Var is one of your Lock your and Var, Bell and Gossett, and you, um, you partner with these guys because you've determined this is the best offering. But there are specific applications that you have to use a certain kind of thing for. Absolutely, absolutely. whether it's in, inside a building or whether it's going to be this much water or those kinds of things. Yeah, it's not a you know uh, one size fit all application. Yeah. You've yeah. got to you've got to understand the the mechanics and the engineering behind each of the products so that you can make sure to put the right thing in the right application. So you're dealing with very complicated processes. You're dealing with engineers, but you're also dealing with the construction guys who actually We do, yeah. In. So the other part of our customer base, uh, we deal with the mechanical uh, contractor. 
uh, and they are the guys that are typically hired by the GC. They will go out and then do the trade work, whether that be electrical, plumbing, mechanical, yeah. et cetera. And then uh, the other side of that is the plumbing wholesaler. That's another big part of what we do. Plumbing wholesaler. Yes, sir. And then uh, we do do some end-user business, predominantly with uh, school districts, but we're, do more, we're doing more business development with those guys. Long-term planning that yes, someone specs it in and okay yes sir and so you have a number of guys who are salespeople that really have to know their stuff it's not like they're order takers they're really working with plan and design and yes sir and like quentin who's in our key executive group bright guy he has to know all those applications and all those products and be able to to spec things in or make suggestions to the clients for that and that's the beauty of our team um and that's another reason why i felt it's so important to build the culture that we have because no one individual has the knowledge that it takes to to, to make it a building be. work so yeah. you know the uniqueness that we have is that we're solutions uh providers for our customers and so somebody will come to me with a question or I'll go to somebody else with a question. And we just have this open dialogue that allows the, the knowledge that we have, that shared knowledge, to yeah. be able to be shared with everybody in the team. What's the future of that? As you get older guys who retire, you know, there's a lot of, uh, what's that called? The knowledge. You know, tribal, goes, tribal knowledge. Tribal knowledge. And yeah. as those things fade out, are you guys building a database? Are you documenting things? Are you getting that kind of stuff going for future generations? So, so much of what we do is is – in the field on you know on job training mm -hmm. and yes we're, we're doing our very best the the thing that we're doing right now is we're trying to develop that younger generation to have the knowledge this the struggle that we have is that we can get people in there and they don't understand that it's a three to five year window to really grasp and understand everything that. that you need to know to feel comfortable yeah. to have a conversation. And unfortunately, in today's business cycle, uh, getting people to commit to a job for that length of time is a struggle. But you build a culture where it, it would be nice to stay because it's it's a place oh, where absolutely. you want to grow and learn. Yes. And your yes. product and your offerings are very diverse especially the places they go, a lot of diversity in that? We've been very blessed. And we've had several people that have left and have come back and said, you know what, we, we realized it was not as green out there as we thought it might be. And just the, the culture and the atmosphere uh, that we have and the drive uh, gets people excited. Well, what's just the big resignation right now? And everybody's jumping ship to go right. somewhere. And so one of the best ways to keep your employees is to have a place they want to stay at. Mm -hmm. And like our retreat, when we talked about Maslow's Pyramid Hierarchy of Needs, that you know, giving someone a paycheck is not enough anymore. And even meeting some of their desires like to work from home or to uh, be able to feel like they're part of some extra parts of the company has activities and other things. But it's really where they feel like they're being the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. You allow them either the opportunity to find meaning in the work they do or at the place they work it at. And so if you can create an environment where people are respected and cared for and honored and valued and the work is fun and exciting, it's a double win. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build loyal. Have you seen that in the in employees you have, the ones you are staying? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I, I mean, again, it's I don't know. I don't want to make it a generational discussion. That's not fair. But I mean, right now, it's as an employer, it's really hard to maintain people. We're interviewing people left and right, and we just cannot seem to get anybody that even wants to. Uh, take on the idea of of learning something new. They're they're very set in the ways of, hmm. hey, I have a marketing degree. I have gone to school. This is what I want to do. And when we might try to hire them for something that might be a little bit more unique, because we feel like they've got maybe the skill sets that we are looking for, 
they're 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 looking specifically for what they want in the salary because that they takes want. a little risk and they're not really sure if they're yeah and it. again again we're probably too transparent i mean mm. sometimes i i'm mm. uh, i'm very big on honesty yeah um and i don't have a problem telling people that hey this is not something you're going to be excelling at in 18 months you know you're going to understand that this is a commitment this is time this is going to be you putting in some blood sweat and tears and um, I'm a big fan of putting everybody in the process of learning our business from the ground up. And so, but they're um, going to grow. They're going to develop a lot of skills and knowledge in the process. Of I hope that. so. I mean, again, we're looking for career-minded individuals. Yeah, uh, because we know that in time we're going to pass the business on to the next generation. And your employees stay around a long time. You have oh, absolutely. Our tenure is, is excellent. Yeah. yeah. So you're always looking for new tools and ideas to bring the team together uh, and serve the customers with excellence. I love that. You've got a lot of moving parts. I don't even know how many SKUs you have in your warehouse, but you guys keep a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of different products. I had the pleasure of working with your teams <clears throat> through those retreats I mentioned earlier where we'd go off-site on a Saturday and we did mm -hmm. DISC and we did the business model canvas. What are you focused on these days to try and continue to grow the team, to unify the team. Is there a new focus uh, that you're bringing to the organization? No, not really. Right now, uh, we've got uh, some opportunities in the other offices. Um, I think we've done a, a pretty good job of developing what we have in, in my location, and we're just trying to spread that company wide now. Hmm. Uh, just the, the whole idea of teamwork and uh, compassion and, and grace and mm. and just trying to do our best to be the best version of ourselves first yeah, in our location so that then we can inspire others to want to do the same thing. Well, I feel like your team really has that passion. You can feel it when you walk in there. And, and I love walking around your office and seeing the business model canvas up on the wall, reminding everyone, this is what we do. This is what it's about. And it's a constant reinforcement of what we are, what we stand for, what we're doing that how many times you got to tell people the same thing? You know, and now you talk about the, the bobbleheads and the bobbleheads, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think that uh, even with a good uh, intention, that employees say, "Okay, yeah, I want to do that." Life gets busy; they get distracted, they rationalize not doing it, and they justify it, and so it's hard. So it's a constant conversation. Accountability is tough right now. You know, as much as I like to hold people to that standard, it's in a work environment where you have a tough time hiring people. Yeah. It's really difficult to discipline those that you understand that how easy is it going to be to replace them. It's not in some cases. So as much as I you hate to you find yourself pulling back a little bit because of that? I hate to admit that, but there's there's times where as strict as I might want to be on and on something that we're trying to do, I I'm gonna have to lean back a little back a little bit and say, uh hmm. look at the big picture here right now. Is this is this something that you're really willing to fight for? Well, that's always a good consideration. Do I want to die on this sword or on yeah. this hill? Yeah, that's. I mean, and that's been more prevalent probably in the last six to eight months. Not even in the COVID year of twenty twenty. It was. Mm. It's really been prevalent in the last six to eight months. Do you feel like your team feels the pressure to make up for last year? In what way? Um, I was talking with a couple different clients in the last couple of weeks, and they said that hey, twenty twenty in a lot of ways was a it was a bad year financially. Mm -hmm. And they feel like there's this undue pressure to make this year make up for last year financially. Um, I would say individually, maybe um, there might be some individuals, but as an organization, we had a we were very blessed. I mean, you guys I, had a great year. We had a good year. I won't say great. Um, we didn't meet expectations, but I'm a pretty high standard kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, um, But we had a good year, and, and so. Yeah, I would think that going into this year, there was more doubt about whether or not 
this year would be the good year, not because we wanted to make up for last year. Mm. Uh, you can't and, get anything. Well, believe it or not, yes, that is our biggest challenge. But the good Lord's taking care of us, and you know we're going to be on par wow. for where we were at last year. And last year was a growth year. So if if I can be flat uh, this year and even next, uh, understand with the uh, circumstances, yeah. I'm. I have to say I'm happy with that. I don't know if it's confidential or not. Can you can you tell one of the tricks you did to try and be ready for this year, inventory wise? Well, you know we kind of got flat. We caught flat. Uh, we kind of got caught flat footed. Um, we didn't expect the freeze to happen, so that was kind of a. Did that bust up a lot of your inventory? Well, what happened is obviously every pump in Texas and boilers oh, yeah, and heat yeah, exchangers yeah. they started cracking from all the the, the frozen water. Yeah. Um, the challenge was we didn't expect that to happen, and so we we fell short really fast in that area, in those areas. But we we rebounded pretty quickly. I mean, most of our manufacturers were supportive, and they helped us get product in our hands within you know six to eight weeks after Still the freeze. A long time if your boiler's down. Yeah, but believe it or not, though, a lot of that stuff was insurance claims, and because it was already by the time the freeze was over, you know, there wasn't that much of. Um, a time of cold weather after that no you know it started warming up pretty okay yeah. after that and so it wasn't like we were staying below freezing for another three or four weeks right. it was it warmed up dramatically so people's need for heat wasn't as predominant hmm. well we're all aware of the major changes business owners have seen in the last 18 months uh, it can be very you could feel overwhelmed and disappointed and, and bummed out in a lot of ways but what are some positive changes that you saw in the last 18 months some of it I'm sure is how you handled COVID. You guys did well through that. But what are some of the things you saw personally and professionally in the last year and a half that can be positive things? Oh, I'll tell you what, this was this was a big eye opener for us. Um, you know, when COVID first happened, everybody was kind of freaking out and we, we yeah. were spending <clears throat> a lot of time trying to decide what the right things to do were. And we sent better than fifty percent of our staff home to work from the house. And um, you know, it was I had a lot of concerns about that, you mm-hmm. know, just as far as people and their work performance and, and what yeah. uh, accountability controls could we have to be able to really monitor what they're doing. Um, believe it or not, within five weeks, within five weeks, everybody wanted to come back to the office. Because they enjoyed the They enjoyed their friends. The they enjoyed the camaraderie. They enjoyed mm-hmm. their work environment. And, and I just felt that was such a blessing because of all the work that we've done up to that point, trying to get people to understand how special we can be yeah. together as a team. And That's cool. When you're by yourself on the kitchen table or at your office, <laughs> you don't have that camaraderie. You don't have that somebody walking by and saying, hey, how was your weekend? Or, right. hey, let's talk about that movie that we watched over the weekend. You don't get that. It's just so natural and so um, spontaneous. When it's you're funny in the when you're in that; they can bug you. Like, you know, let me work. You know, I'm, I don't want to chat about the, how bad the Cowboys are playing. Let me let me stay focused. But when it's taken away, all of a sudden you're like, I guess it's not that bad. Yeah. No, it, it was quite quite neat to watch. Hmm. And then when we when I guess I guess it was later on in the year when things got kind of crazy and they were talking about shutting things down more everybody's like no we would like to stay at the office if we can wow like yeah this is great so that that's one good thing that i've taken away from it cool that people want to be together yeah you got a good team there hey now's a good time for me to remind everyone that our podcast is sponsored by the ceo tip of the day on alexa and google smart speakers ask alexa to open the ceo tip of the day and get daily insights and tips from business owners and ceos to help you be your best 
Mike, have you ever listened to a CEO tip of the day? I have. Do you like it? Not bad. Thanks. If you like Alexa listening to everything you say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're all like that. You and Jeff Stone. Um, you know, a lot of those tips Hang on, came did from... you get copyright? Did you get the permission to mention his name in this? Oh, I can say Jeff Stone anytime I want. I got uh, a release. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of those tips were generated from meetings that you were a part of over the years. I know. Sarcasm and, was one of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a tip for sarcasm. You I, need to create need a tip for sarcasm. Yeah. No sarcasm allowed. Uh, every, that's for those who, well, you don't know, but in our group meetings, you know, I've always had this push to have no sarcasm, and Mike's going, oh, no, we have more, we have more sarcasm. We need more sarcasm. Um, that's one of Mike's uh, special gifts. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides being on the show today, what's something fun you've done lately? You know what? Um, well, I was supposed to do my my flying, so I've been your flying IFR, IFR, right? So I've been flying a little bit more okay. lately. Love doing that, uh, but that had to get postponed. So we're gonna we'll postpone that for a little the bit. test got postponed. Test got postponed. Had a uh, an issue that came up on a maintenance thing that uh, rendered the airplane unable to perform. Oh, no. So not an end-of-the-world kind of thing. I can still fly and stuff, okay. but just for that particular level of uh, training, I've got to have that certain uh, item working right. So. Steering wheel? Well, we don't call those <laughs> steering wheels on airplanes, What is it? What is a stick? A it's joystick? A yoke. <laughs> a yoke? Hey, well, that's why you're not letting me fly your plane, <laughs> among other reasons. Right. So you were training for that, and that's fun to fly. Oh, I love it, yeah. yeah. I've flown more this year. Uh, than probably the last two years combined. Okay. So wow. it's been great. Do you fly down to uh, Houston and other I flew locations? down to Houston last month, yeah. yeah. So it's a business thing, but it's probably more hassle to go, get it's, a plane. No, it really isn't. No? I mean, so from where I stay, um, it's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive to Houston. So it's a seven-hour commute. Uh, it takes me 20 minutes to get to the airport. Uh, I can have the plane up and ready in half an hour. Oh. And I'm on the I'm in the air. And on the ground in Houston in an hour and 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So two-hour so total two time? Two-hour total time, I'm on the ground. And, you know, the, the level of stress, the uh, – don't get me wrong. Flying into Houston is stressful enough. But, I bet. Uh, you know, it's just a completely different experience when you knock it out an hour and 10 minutes versus, you know, three and a half hours. You don't have to worry about potty breaks in an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you, can ch- you can't check your email while you're flying. Uh, no, no, not supposed to. Well, yeah, you're not yeah, supposed you can't. to. Yeah. I mean, you're up in the air. It doesn't get a signal, right? Believe it or not, you do. Does the phone work up there? Oh, yeah. I can. I get phone calls while no I'm kidding. flying. Yeah, I got my headset set up so I can take calls. Oh, and I figured the cell tower wouldn't catch you. Oh, that's what they want you to believe. What what how, what altitude do you fly at? Uh, typically going down there since I would be going, I'd be going down at about 55 to 7,500 feet. And I'll come back between 65 and 8,500 feet. I would never imagine the cell phone would work up there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, some t- it's intermittent. So the further west you go and the, sp- and the towers start getting spread yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that crazy. happens in your car. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we often, sh- we often share the mistakes that we make during our CEO group meetings so members can learn from our mistakes. It is one of the cool parts about being in a group like that is I love just to watch people just be mm-hmm. vulnerable and transparent about, you know, I have no clue how to handle this. But then someone else will say, well, I learned the hard way. Don't do this. Um, what's the biggest mistake you ever made? Oh, gosh. I know it's probably hard to pick one. That's a tough question with my list being so long. Do I have to rank them? Well, we all have plenty we could, we could quote. <laughs> you know what? I, I will tell you, getting lazy. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, it was a blessing. I know that sounds a little weird, but I got lazy when I was in my early 20s, got complacent, and uh, got fired from my job. Wow. And uh, 
boy, that was a wake-up call. Um, I thought I had it all figured out. I was that slick guy that was getting by and uh, thought I was doing a good job and then just, you know, didn't realize that somebody was watching over my shoulder, you know, mm. and got fired and uh, went through a pretty tough time. I, I mean, it was a good several months before I found anything to do. I was doing side jobs from time to time, just whether it was laying tile or painting a house or just whatever I could do to earn some money to, to help raise my, my family at the time. And um, I'll tell you, that was probably the biggest wake-up call I had to don't ever let your guard down, don't ever get complacent, don't get lazy, uh, because it can be gone in a blink. Well, you're certainly not doing that now. No, well, and that's what dr- still drives me today. Is that your driving, I mean, what would you say your Fear. driving force is? Fear. 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 Of- I, I, it's just something I've always done, but, um, you know, I'm the guy who will always tuck my kids in just to make sure they're warm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just, my biggest fear is not having, uh, a, not being a good provider for those that I love to be able to take care of them in the time of need. That's my driver. You're so caring. It's, I mean, everyone has this hard shell outside they try and portray and they you know they want everything's cool and they got all together but you just have this giant heart it's one of the things i like about you and one of the most common things you'll ask me is are you okay and like you're genuinely asking like you know how you doing and uh, some people do that you could tell that they're not even listening like they ask you to keep walking you know? right right you, okay check off check it off <laughs> yeah, it looks compassionate i'm at my quota <laughs> but you have a caring heart it must be hard to stay kind and caring when you feel like people are just beating you down with problems or complaints or your team's pretty positive but the whole world always has something vendors you're working with or manufacturers you're working with or customers you just get a lot of push down it comes from a lot of different directions yeah you get it from employees you get it from customers um you get it from uh colleagues you know i yes you're exactly right i'm trying to stay i try to be that ever living optimist all right i'm always looking for the the glass glasses is more than full mm. not half full more than full mm. um because i think that uh, the blessings that i've been given um have my cup overflowing and i mean that with all my heart i, I there are things that i don't understand why i know them there are things that i don't understand I, i'm not a genius I, I just been very blessed for hard work and being put in the right place and knowing how to handle certain situations. And I know where that came from. Hmm. Um, and that's not anything of my doing. So I just try really hard to be blessed and be grateful and, and just try my best to be as patient as I can. I'm not the perfect guy. I blow up. I, I have my moments. But at the end of the day, I understand when I make that mistake and I'm, I try to be as remorseful and forgiving or ask for forgiveness as, as much as I can. I, I see. I feel like your demeanor's got calmer in the last five years. I've known you. I've seen you go through some really hard times, mm-hmm. and I just feel like overall you seem to be more collected overall in the last few years. Well, is that's, that just more miles down the road? I think there's something to do with that, but I also give a lot of credit to to the group that that you guys um, allow me to be in, and mm. that's that you guys give me. Um, insights and and wisdom that I wouldn't get elsewhere. And so, you know, part of the things of being um, in leadership is it's lonely sometimes. And so it's hard to be able to have somebody to talk to. You know, I always taught as a very, very young person that you never bitch down. You always bitch up. You said that many times. Yeah, I've been 
Again, military, right? Yeah. Always that military thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, don't, you know, always bitch up. And, and my rule is that, you know, always go to somebody that can make a difference. Don't complain to somebody that can't do anything about it. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I utilize my, my relationship with the peer group as kind of my own board, yeah. you know? Um, so when I have an issue or I want to bring something up, it's because it's legit. I've put a lot of thought into it. And yeah. I might already have the answer in my mind, but I always like for verification. You often will say, here's what I want to talk about. And then we'll go through it. And you go, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I just want to hear you guys you know, back me up. And I, I, I love that because you could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you, in your mind, you worked it through. And that's the way I, we always talk about, well, there's more questions to your answers. Mm-hmm. Because even though someone will ask something a different way, at the end of the day, you'll be like, yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. So it's a great affirmation of mm-hmm. what you think you want to do. No, I enjoy I mean, I, I think I've shared this with you before. Last meeting, I was frustrated. It took me two hours to get to the meeting. I know. It was hard. But, you know, when you get there, as many times as if I wanted to say, hey, don't don't worry, I'm not coming today because I'm tied up. I always make it, and I'm always grateful that I do. Now, we always love having you there. You bring a lot of energy and wisdom to the group. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you about the book I'm writing. Have you heard about it? Yeah, the book I have. I'm looking Did forward I ever to mention it to you. Just you know, I don't know. Every other, <laughs> every, other every thirty minutes in the in the sessions that we go to. Salem and I have been working on this book. This last week we did our last chapter. Oh, you did? Yeah, we okay. uh, we is it, it, a little bit you know teary eyed. Like oh my gosh, our baby's growing up, and uh, now we got to write a uh, acknowledgement and a foreword and stuff like that and a thank you pages. Have we already done the preface? Yeah, uh, I think they do some of that stuff. Okay. But I got to do an acknowledgement, you know, t- telling them how blessed I am to be married to Kathy, of course. And yeah, you got to don't forget the memory, you know, to, in memory of or the oh, yeah. dedicated to. No one I know died. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Maybe someone will die before. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Just put dedicated. I think to I was the dedicated dedicated to the group because really I learned all I this think stuff. You should from do you guys. dedicated to the CEO tip of the day. Oh, I could. I could. Oh, that's, hey, that's good marketing. Hello. That's a free tip right there. <laughs> well, the book that Salem, uh, who's in the group with Mike, Salem Thine, and I are writing this book called Peak Accountability, Navigating the Client to a Victorious Life. And it's probably not going to be called that because the more we get into it, we, we think, gosh, if someone's struggling with accountability, they're not going to buy a book on accountability. Um, but I know you're one of the more accountable guys that I know uh, from all kinds of things. And man, I've, I've got emails from you at three in the morning. You don't do that so much anymore. I, I recommend you that you really got things dialed in a lot better. Mm-hmm. Part of that's your team stepping up and yep. taking ownership. It's a big part but, of it. Um, how do you keep yourself accountable? You mentioned the group. I think that's a part of an environment where you can choose to be accountable to them. But are there any things that you do to maintain accountability in your life? Look in the mirror. A lot. Um, in fact, we had this conversation today with, with some of the members of my team, and that is I can't ask you guys to do something I wouldn't do myself. Um, so I hold you guys at the same standard I hold myself. And if I can't, just because I might be a boss or a, or a, a manager or an owner doesn't mean I'm allowed to use that card yeah. uh, to get what I want. I have to live by the same rules and, and policies that you guys do. So I truly feel in my heart that I work for them. And um, that's the sense of well, humility. Well, you do. I work for them. <laughs> All the work you're putting in, yeah. you're, you're the lowest paid by hour employee of the company think of all the hours <laughs> well, you put we won't in. go that far but i mean it's but my point is i'm trying to build a sense of trust and and build future leaders uh we've got a bunch of young individuals that have a lot of potential i'm very proud yeah, of them yeah um but the last thing i want to do is see what i saw in me or see what i see let them see in me 
what I potentially saw in my other people. And that is, you know, when I was young in their age, the bosses were golfing, they were out of the office, right. they were, you know, they showed up two or three hours a day, or mm. they didn't show up at all for a week. And then they come in and start barking at you. And, you know, I want to be that person that they go back and look at and say, look, this guy had the same opportunity that, but he was here and he was working with us and he was helping us solve problems and he was holding everybody accountable to the task. And those are things that are important to me. Part of that was that generation. It, I mean, I don't know if it was uh, 2008 when we had the bank bust. Right, it was, yeah. It seemed like it, from 2008 on, nobody golfed in the morning, in the middle of the day. It used to be like I, when I was a sales guy, I'd take clients golfing a couple times a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then after 2008, it was like no one even golfed ever during the week. It was like, you want to do it? It's going to be on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And everyone got really serious and everyone cut back and everything. And so that was kind of a generational thing. But I think also you have modeled the behavior that you want people to see. Um, you set rules and you set policies and you live to them. And that's a very different tone than a lot of leaders who will say, just you know, so arrogantly, do what I say, not what I do. Right. But you model it. I, I, I do it's kind of a that. joke in the office, but, uh, you know, don't just because Mike might not be in the office on a Friday, don't think for one minute he won't show up unannounced. And uh, I'm that guy that will show up at 4:45 and sit in the front lobby and just wait and see who's there and who's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, as if you were screwing around, but the reality is that you're going to be working over the weekend in a lot of cases. Well, no, I mean usually if I'm gone, it's because I'm you're traveling. I'm doing something that's work related. I mean, yeah. very rarely do I take off um, and just turn the phone off and not work. We should go golfing. When's the last time you golfed? I don't go, I hardly ever golf ever anymore. You know, that's a great question. I think I golfed a month ago. Did you? I did. With one of your manufacturer's reps or manufacturing companies? No, I, I'm trying to remember who it was with. Golly, I feel bad for forgetting, but uh, just... Sam and a, Ben went out, or a, Manny and Ben went out. Yeah, no, I haven't golfed with them in almost a year, but no, I got a golf invite um, a few weeks back, and I think I nice. went and played. It was, it was a good time. Good time of the year to golf. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. As a very experienced business owner of a successful company, what tip would you give other CEOs? I like this part because obviously your business is your business, your company is your company, but there's still everything's the same. We got people, time, cash, technology. I, I think that's a question that is dependent on the individual's position in life. You know, their length of time as a as an executive or a manager of a company might be different than mine. So, um, you know, I've been doing it for a little bit of time. And while I still have goals and expectations, I think um, there are some people that will get to that level and get complacent, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and when they get complacent, their business will start slowly dying. I, I would guess that you know my biggest words of advice are keep your uh, keep the pulse going. Don't mm. don't let your position feel like you've won, uh, and and do it with a sense of humility. How do you keep the pulse going? Are there things you do? Are you looking at numbers and evaluating? Are you looking at your time? Are you asking people? What's the way that you keep your pulse going? I'm a I'm very much an analyst. You are a numbers type. Guy. I'm a numbers guy, yeah. so I'm I'm constantly looking at those. But my biggest thing is is operational excellence. I, I've really been pushing that agenda now for the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. my goal and my hope is that through operational excellence, we'll provide the best customer experience possible. That does make sense because you know, the the only thing that's between you and all the other people you compete with is your people. That's right. Because you all rep same guy's stuff. Right. And so your people having a discipline to the way we want to do things with excellence, 
helps them stand out. Remember we did the business model canvas and we got to the end of it. We reviewed it with everyone. Here's what we're like. And mm-hmm. some people thought we were one kind of company and another. Right. But there was that part of key activities at the top that said, this is the differentiator to our company. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, if you guys can focus on the activities you do and we're really good at it, nobody can touch us. And that's the differentiator, I think, to most companies. Right. So you being able to challenge them to always pursue excellence in all their roles, that's what makes us great, at least in the eyes of customers. Yeah. So my advice to a CEO or a manager of a company is just continue driving uh, the same direction that got you where you are um, and don't fall complacent because uh, your people will see that mm-hmm. and, and that will demotivate them and, and make them not want to work as hard for you. Which ultimately your customers will see them. See that in the end, sure. It ripples down. Well, I'm glad we're friends. I'm glad that I've got to work with you and your team over these last five years. Uh, I think a lot of you. I'm excited for your your upcoming marriage. Yeah, it's going to be great. It'll be fun. Uh, And it's nice to be a part of your team and your journey, and I'm just thankful for you. I appreciate you, buddy. Love you. Love you too, man.